Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, called The Mystery of Marriage. Benediction. To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, to be filled up to all the fullness of God. And then we moved into chapter 4, verse 1, where Paul said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you or beg you, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. That's the transition point from the doctrinal section to the duty section. To walk worthy. If there's ever going to be a place in your life, if you are married or plan on being married, where your walk will be tested, it's going to be in the relationship of marriage. Uh, One pastor said that marriage is the school of discipleship. It's where your discipleship is really tested because it's within the context of marriage that that close day-to-day relationship with all the foibles and all the faults and all the close-in stuff that happens in terms of our lives is revealed. And it is something much deeper than that, though. It's not just where the rubber meets the road in terms of practicality, but it is a picture of Christ and his church. It's a picture of a submitted bride to a loving husband. That's really the picture that emerges. And so marriage, there's much more at stake in marriage than just practicality. There's a spiritual picture that God paints through Christ Uh, and his bride, the church, and a husband and a wife. That's why I believe that much of spiritual warfare that we do deal with does affect our marriages. Because Satan, remember, is a divider. Um, He tries to divide the church. He tries to divide families. And so we need uh, all the strength that we can get in terms of our marriages. So let's pray one more time. And if you're not married tonight, there's also going to be a picture of Christ and you being his church. And so hang on, if you're a single person or maybe you are widowed or divorced, there's also application for you in terms of how uh, Christ loves you. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this uh, timely word because whenever we talk about marriage, we know we need all the help we can get. So we just want to ask for your help. Uh, As Pastor Chris prayed, we need to be filled with your Holy Spirit to live out what Ephesians 5, uh, 21 through 33 is going to say. And so we just pray for your grace tonight, for understanding, but but understanding is one thing, application is quite another. And so I just pray that we would not only understand, but apply your word to our everyday lives, even when it's hard, even when we have question marks in our soul. Help us to be faithful, to be obedient to our master who bought us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So we just ask for your help, your guidance by your Holy Spirit as we study your holy word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now Paul in 4.1 told us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling and then in 5.1 he said, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Here's how we're to walk. And walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us an offering And a sacrifice to God is a fragrant aroma. So as we move into Ephesians chapter 5, and we 
uh, Pastor Chris took us through being filled with the Spirit. I want to give you a couple of bookends by which I, I hope that you can carry the truth of this passage. Two bookends. I'm going to start with the first, which is Ephesians 5.18. And, and Chris uh, did a great job looking at this in depth last week. Don't be drunk with wine and in the series of contrasts, but rather... Uh, that is dissipation, that's a waste, but be filled with the Spirit. Now that's bookend number one. Bookend number one is to be filled with the Spirit. If you want to have a good marriage, if you want to be able to be obedient to what the rest of this text is going to say, you must be filled with the Spirit. Now we learned last Wednesday that, that to be filled with the Spirit means to be controlled by the Spirit. So you're going to need the help of the Holy Spirit to live out what the rest is going to say here. The other bookend is the very last verse of Ephesians 5. It says, Nevertheless, let each individual among you also love his own wife, even as himself, and let the wife see to it that she respect her husband. There, there's the two bookends, and here is the theme found in verse 32. The mystery, this mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. So the two bookends, 18 and 33, and the defining uh, overarching mystery of the section, I am speaking, it's a great mystery. Mystery is not a whodunit word in the Bible. It's musterion in Greek, and it means a sacred secret once concealed, now revealed in, through the church, through the the person and work of Jesus Christ. And think of the mysteries that we've seen, several of them in Ephesians, has to do with Christ and the church and really the body of Christ, Jew and Gentile, coming together in one body in Jesus Christ. So that's, those are the mysteries that we're dealing with. And now Paul's going to take it to another level and say if you really want to get a good look at the mystery of Christ and the church, take a look at marriage. Marriage will be one of the greatest human pictures that we could ever see about the love that Christ has for his bride. And so this, these are the bookends. And I want to now take us into verse um, 21. And so it says these words. This is Ephesians 5:21, And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. See the word fear there? That is a word that in this context would mean reverence. So when we're going to be subject to one another, we do it out of reverence for Christ. Now to be subject to somebody means to be submissive to them in the sense of their position. And so I would be subject perhaps to my teacher in a class. If I was in the military, I would be subject to my commanding officer. Not because he's more human than me, not because he's better than me, but I'm to be subject to him <clears throat> out of reverential awe for Christ. If I work for somebody, I am subject to them. They sign my paycheck. They determine my hours, my job uh, description and responsibility. And even if my boss is someone that I might chafe under his leadership or her leadership, <clears throat> and forgive me, I'm fighting a cold, ultimately I am to be subject to that person out of reverence for Jesus Christ, okay? So reverence for Christ is what drives much of the Christian life. Now as Paul is dealing with be, being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ or in the fear of Christ, he continues with the flow of thought and he says, wives, and notice you'll see in verse 22, be subject is italicized. It's not really there in the original, but it doesn't really matter because the thought is this. 
Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ, wives to your own husbands, as to the Lord. So even though the translators continue the thought with the be subject to, the thought is clear. Wives are to be subject to their own husbands. And if you think of verse uh, 21, it's out of reverence for Christ. So we're going to get to the guys, ladies, and most of this chapter, as a matter of fact, in a few verses, is going to deal with the responsibility of the man. But before we go to the responsibility of the husband, let's talk about the responsibility of the wife. And the responsibility, according to the Bible, is that a wife is subject to her husband. Now, this does not mean because the husband is better than the wife. It doesn't mean that he has some higher standard of how God looks at him or he's more human or whatever. But this is a role that God has given to the man. God has given headship to the man. Now, I want you to uh, turn over to Colossians chapter 3, where Paul will repeat this theme. And I want you to see how, in a similar way, he lays a foundation of a spiritual um, full life and then moves into relationships. So, uh, so much here, but let's, let's start at verse uh, 12, Colossians 3. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is Colossians 3.13. And remember, we spent a lot of our time in chapter 4 of Ephesians talking about putting on the new man, which is really another way of saying being controlled by the Spirit. So look at verse 13. Bearing with one another, Colossians 3.13, and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom and teaching. This is going to sound familiar to last week. Admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, follow the flow. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. That's another way of saying, really, out of reverential awe for the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. Slaves, and we could here say employees, in all things obey those who are your masters or employers on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, here it is again, fearing the Lord. This is always the motivation for proper behavior. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for man or for men. And so I want you to see how when Paul makes his arguments by the um, direction of the Holy Spirit, he's always moving from a solid, right relationship vertically to how that affects relationships horizontally. If your relationship with God is right vertically, it will spill over into your horizontal relationships with one another. If that relationship is not right, then that will also spill over to other relationships horizontally. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. Slaves, and we could here say employees, in all things obey those who are your masters or employers on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, here it is again, fearing the Lord. This is always the motivation for proper behavior. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for man or for men. And so I want you to see how when Paul makes his arguments by the um, direction of the Holy Spirit, he's always moving from a solid right relationship vertically to how that affects relationships horizontally. If your relationship with God is right vertically, it will spill over into your horizontal relationships with one another. If that relationship is not right, then that will also spill over to other relationships horizontally. And so over and over again, we're going to see this pattern in our Bibles. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. But for our purposes tonight, as we begin to explore marriage, we see that a wife is to be subject to her own husband in the Lord. Look at verse 22, Ephesians 5, wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now this is to your own husband. This does not mean that a woman is to be subject to every man. Uh, that's not what the Bible is teaching. It's to her own husband. Now she might be subject to a man if it comes to her boss, or it may be a pastor. But in terms of marriage, it, this relationship, the, the submissiveness of a wife is to her own husband. And she is to submit to her husband, and this is profound, as to the Lord. Why? Because the picture that is being painted is the relationship of Christ to his church. And so as she submits to the Lord, she begins to paint the picture of the church submitting to its Lord. Are you with me? 
So as a wife does this in front of her children, models this for younger women in the church, etc., etc., what she does is she models the gospel to a watching world. And this is what God is trying to paint. He has an order, and the order is for a wife to submit to her own husband as to the Lord. Now, he continues in 23. For the husband is the head of the wife. That's a Greek word called kephale. If you're interested, it's K-E-P-H-A-L-E. And it speaks of headship in terms of authority. So the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. Now I do want to just make a, a couple comments here. Number one, I hear the argument made often, and I think it's because of the cultural winds that blow, and please hear what I'm saying, that people are often arguing for mutual submission in marriage. I'll start with the first thought. Number one, it is wise for any husband to listen to his wife because our wives have special radar. Have you noticed, men? They have special radar when it comes to understanding and discernment about things. But I will say there's a flip side about our wives, and that is there's a real emotional sensitivity to things that sometimes can skew that, and I think that's where a man can help balance a woman, but vice versa. So we, we do well to listen to one another. But in the picture that Paul is painting through the Holy Spirit, he is not painting mutual submission in marriage. Here's why. Christ does not submit to the church. And that's the picture being painted. So this is not a mutual submission thing in marriage. Christ doesn't submit to the church. Christ is the Lord of the church. But what Christ does do is lovingly lead his church, pray for his church. He ever lives to intercede for her. He will never leave or forsake her. He lovingly leads his bride. So I hear a lot of corners, and and I'm sure that the reason that they may say this is that this is their understanding of context, or maybe they feel some pressure because they've heard these arguments before, but that is not the picture that's being painted. And we're going to see that clearly in a second. So notice, the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body, 24. But as the church is subject to Christ, and that's what's being talked about here, this, this, the submission of the church to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their own husbands. Ladies, are you ready? Fasten your seatbelt. In everything. In everything. Wow. Mm. Now, if you struggle with that as a woman, and don't write me an email. Because all I did was read the Bible to you. Okay? It does say in everything. Now hold that thought and go to First Peter chapter three. First Peter three. So back of the New Testament now. First Peter chapter three. Now what Peter's been doing is he's been talking about how we are to be submissive in different areas of life. And he starts, uh, look at 1 Peter chapter 2, just for context's sake. He says, submit yourselves, verse 13, 1 Peter 2, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king 
as one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Okay, so submit to government. That's verse 13. Look at 1 Peter 2, verse 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters. Now we often say that this translates to employee-employer relationships with all respect. Not only those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor, and the context is with God, if for the sake of conscience toward God, a man bears up uh, under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Now, if you skip down, this is verse uh, 23, and it's talking about Jesus. While being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Christ, even though he ultimately suffered unjustly, he's the ultimate sufferer of unjust treatment. He endured it. And what he did is he kept entrusting himself to God the Father because he knew that God obviously would, tr- would uh, work out things righteously. Now here you have a connecting phrase. First Peter 3 verse 1, in the same way. Just as we submit to government, just as we submit to bosses who may be difficult to deal with, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, there's some different views on what this means. This could be a man who claims to be a Christian and yet he is not obeying the word of God. Or this could be a general statement about an unbelieving husband, which some women find themselves in, where they, they married somebody who claimed to be a Christian at some point and has walked away from all uh, appearances from the faith. Or maybe you were married... While you were backslidden and you got right with the Lord, or maybe you were married uh, to a non-Christian before you were a Christian. So you might be in this situation, a husband disobedient to the word, that they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Let not your adornment be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. You've been listening to The Mystery of Marriage, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 33. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'd love to connect with you. It's a great way to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California, although we recommend that you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. And thanks. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, whenever we talk about submission, that's when you can feel people start to cringe and squirm and say, I don't know, and... And you can think of extremes like people will say, oh, does this mean that, you know, whenever my husband snaps his fingers, I got to come running and I'm a doormat if I'm, if I'm the, the, the wife in this scenario? And the answer is no, 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 no. Any man who understands Ephesians 5 understands that he's called to love his wife as Christ loves the church. And I don't want to leave this part out. A wife is called to submit to her husband. 
But she will submit to her husband, I think, much more easily if he loves her as Christ loves the church. Why do I submit to Christ? Well, because he's God, but also because of his great love with which he loved me. He loved me into his kingdom, and I want to serve him because of his great love. And, and so I think the principle does apply. And of course, on a human level, husbands fall short, wives fall short, and this is where we need God's grace. And that's why marriage, lived out by the power of the Holy Spirit, is the key to the whole thing. This is how we take our biblical roles. Speaking of biblical roles, men, we are having a men's conference to help encourage you in your biblical masculinity, in your running this race with endurance, knowing what the race is, how you run it. And we have a men's conference happening. It's called Run With Endurance, September 18th from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're going to have two great speakers. We're going to have breakfast and lunch, lunches by Chick-fil-A. We're going to have worship uh, breakout groups. We're going to have uh, a time to take a break and just fellowship and play some games. It's going to be a great day of teaching and worship and instruction and fellowship and encouragement and challenge. And you can sign up when you go to walkintruth.com. It's $25, walkintruth.com. And if you want to find out more, you can also call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's Tuesday through Friday, Pacific time, 844-48-TRUTH. More on marriage tomorrow. The mystery of marriage. We'll get into it on our Friday broadcast. Look forward to seeing you right here. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, called The Mystery of Marriage. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.